0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart.
1: Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company,
0: Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else
1: does history hang from the raptors? Jalen Brown
0: throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of the lake is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh my Where else? The NBA. Only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Halos, it's Derek C. Paul with John Crane for our off-day podcast. we got a lot of stuff for you today, including our interview with Mike Angle from the KC Baseball Vault to preview the Royal Series coming up, and uh, also we have a lot of things kind of teetering on the off-the-field, on-the-field things we want to kind of discuss with you and, and, and maybe hopefully get some of your feedback as well. Before we get there, though, John, how you doing, man? Fantastic! It's if it's an off day, that means the uh, pitching
2: staff has given up zero runs and is undefeated. So,
0: woohoo! <laughs> You're so hard on that pitching staff right now. My gosh! <laughs> hey,
2: somebody has to be critical of this staff,
0: Derek. Well, I think everybody is right now. I don't think I can't think of many fans who are happy. To the pitching staff right now It's probably the worst Angels pitching staff I've seen in. All of my years of following this team, and I, I hate to say that. I really do. But but where there is no hope, I believe there's hope down the line, and that's coming in the form of our farm system. So I'm liking some of the things that we're seeing down there. I talked a little bit. We have an interview tomorrow with, with uh, Maria Torres from the Los Angeles Times. She gave me kind of a fill-in on that. And so I think there's some good hope looking down the line. Just kind of have to survive right now and hope these guys put together. Hopefully, Trevor Cahill and uh, and Harper can put this in together, and we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you do have some hope in there, right?
1: Matt Harvey, right? You're referring Harvey, to. Yeah, I, I just had a yeah. moment.
0: It's late.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I mean, you, you you threw that out on Twitter today about uh, Cahill, and uh, you know, I, I didn't see a lot of uh, you know. I mean. You know, as a career, wide I mean, he really did. One guy pointed out. You know, he really only had one really good year, um, and uh, so I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm I am what I am on on Angels pitching, um, and today, and I guess with the blinders of Socha off, I guess I'm looking. You know, last year I, I was on Socha, and now this year I'm looking more at the pitching staff.
0: So. Yeah. Well, the more you understand the pitching staff, the more, the less you can blame Ausmus. He's not going to make every right decision. He's not going to make every perfect decision. But if you're blaming Brad Ausmus for the problems the team has right now, then you probably need to go see a drug counselor.
2: Because and, no, that's not I'm saying, I'm saying, saying I am saying I'm not blaming Ausmus. Last year I blamed Socha, and and I and I love Socha, but uh, now I just see it's it's this pitching staff. It's and you know again we we what C- Cahill's the only one who's pitched. Is has he still pitched an inning? And has he still pitched an inning? Uh, a game? I don't.
0: Know. I don't know. But I don't know about know, that. but but I think if we're just patient here, we'll see some things happen. There's no way these guys as major, are, major bleh, Geez, gosh, I'm, I'm all flustered now. There's no way these guys as major leaguers can be this bad all year. Something's going to break. Something's going to change. So, and but, by the way. To be twenty and twenty three with that kind of starting pitching, by the way, is, is pretty phenomenal. And that's because this team is hitting. They are hitting. Hey, Tommy Listella, I was coming down to him a couple weeks ago for his batting hours was like two forty or something at the time. Two forty six. Some some number like that. And I was really apprehensive to praise him. The dude's over three hundred now. Did you notice
2: that? Yeah, is he not
0: leading is he not leading in home runs right yeah, now? Yes, he's leading the team in home runs. He's over three yeah. hundred. He's had eleven yeah. home runs. So there is reasons to be excited for this team. The the, the hitting is there. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch this summer, at least for hitting. We'll see how the pitching pans out. So, you know. And by the way, there's other recognitions we're seeing here, just um, on MajorLeagueBaseball.com on the Angels website. Actually, we saw a prospect team of the week, and one of our young guys, one of our really really young guys, by the name of Jose Soriano. With the Burlington Bees, the Angels number thirteen prospect had a great week. Went one and zero. The game st- uh, with a game started. Six innings pitched, nine strikeouts, three walks. In that game, he played well. This season already, he's three and two. The one seven two ERA, thirty two strikeouts, and opponents are hitting one ninety six against And That's our number thirteen prospect. So we'll see him go up. So there are young guys in the farm system now. We're seeing move up. Also. Another another kind of shout out of the top 10 left of the decade. This was something released also on MLB.com this week. This Did you say year. of the decade? Did you say of the decade? Of the decade thus far. Okay. <laughs> the 2010s.
2: I just want to – no, I would just want to bring it – I just want to give him as, as much due as possible.
0: Yeah. Because I think and a lot of
2: people are hard – a lot of people are a little hard on him too after last year. Justin Upton?
0: Yeah. Justin Upton on that list by the way. And uh, you know – I think people don't realize how good he's been, and it, his, his you're going to have off years. We'll see what he does when he gets back. Hopefully, when he gets back, considering who's hitting that lineup right now, he'll be even better. And so we'll see. Also, getting mentioned yesterday, two way prospect Jared Walsh made up. Jared Walsh pitches, by the way, and hits. He went three for five in his debut. It's probably a little early for him to be up full time. But nice start, nice start for him in his Angels career. That that's you know, those are the good things we could talk about. But there is some- I,
2: I, the nice part is I think he's I think we're going to have some opportunities to see him a lot more this year yeah. with the um, inconsistency that we have on our pitching staff. Uh, I, I see a lot of uh, get giving some young talent some playing time.
0: So. Guys, before we go any further, because there's one topic we really wanted to focus on, focus in on with, with the off day, and that is the stadium situation. We haven't talked about much yet. I think this is probably a good time to do it while we're kind of taking the time to breathe before the Royals come in. But before we do, if you like what we're doing, please check us out on iTunes and subscribe. We also would enjoy a five-star review from you. It helped us move up the charts. We've got a few on there. we got seven, actually. And it's nice to have Come join the party. If you want us to earn that five-star review, if you if you don't want to give us a low review and you want us to earn a higher one, hey, email us. We would love to get some feedback from you. We're at TalkingHalos at gmail.com. Give us your feedback. If you're a new listener too and are enjoying the show, here's my call out to you. We've been doing this a little bit and it seems to be working because our last podcast was our most listened to podcast yet. And it's only been out for about 24 hours. So, Thank you so much for for tuning in and listening to us. But if you like our show, please text a fellow Angels fan and let them know about our podcast. It would mean the world to us. You know, we're doing this because we saw a need for more Angels coverage out there. There's not enough. And this is not a, a attack on any other Angels podcast, which there aren't many of, by the way, or other radio stations. There's just not enough for the market there is We want to help be a part of that and get you in touch more with this team that we all love. So there you go. There's my pitch.
2: Media-wise, this is predominantly – this is a Dodger, um, Laker, town – and and um, now I'm going to say the Rams out. The Rams are back. It's definitely a Rams town. So um, we do have our media outlets, but you know, I, I mean, I, like I said, even the Angels Angels radio station is only the Angels radio station when they're on and and during Roger Lodge's show. Otherwise, it's ESPN all day long.
0: But you know, just just kind of a a some information here. People from the UK listen to our our show. Vietnam, Dominican Republic, Brazil. Uh, Ashburn, Virginia was on the list Baltimore, Maryland probably from the last series Indianapolis, Indiana so we're getting around and and the word's getting out about our show so hopefully it means we're doing a good job and if we're not hey, you know let us know we can do better because that's what we want to be we we want to be the best Angels podcast out there okay so John this stadium situation you sent the article over for me a couple other articles come out this week and the basic gist of it is that this Long Beach ballpark project where this could potentially be an option for the Angels. It could top $1.1 billion, according to city documents that were uncovered in, in local news reports. And this, I'm reading this straight, from, by the way, from the article, you sent in ballparkdigest.com. Um, $1.1 billion and this would probably require some public funding. What do you think are the odds that this actually happens and goes down?
2: I, you know, I, I, I think it's likely, it's still more of a bargaining chip at this point. I mean, would it look beautiful? Would it look good panning in from down, from, from up above with the ocean behind them uh, in that downtown area? Um but yeah there's a lot to go here a lot of uh, they, it looks like they have like a, a 13 acre lot near the downtown where near where the Long Beach Arena is um and i mean so but it still seems like it's pretty early and neither team has has really neither side has either really a discussed finance or committed to any financing on this yet
0: but doesn't that concern you a little bit that Hey, they got to decide soon. This is coming again in 2020, and they're not talking about it. The a- Angels game is getting older. It's still a very nice place to watch a game, by the way. But you want to keep up with the times. You want to be able to keep up with the income you can bring in. You want to sort this out. Does it make you a little nervous at this point that they really don't have any, anything longer term than 2020 set yet?
2: You mean, you mean in Anaheim, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Anaheim, you know, and I'm invested in that stadium years ago. And when they did the renovation of it, and I, I do think it's a beautiful stadium. No, is it? Is it like um, I went to San Francisco? Is it Pac Bell? I went to Safeco uh, in the last few years. Um, is it? It's Angel Stadium, so it's it's like my home stadium. It's what I recognize. It is a beautiful stadium. They did did do, did do some upgrades in this last season. They we have. Uh, I think it may still be the largest uh, screen HD screen in Major League Baseball, and uh, so it it is a nice stadium. I, I like Anaheim. I love Long Beach. I, I was born in Long Beach. My children were born in Long Beach. I met my wife in Long Beach. So I mean, I, I truly do like Long Beach. And, I mean I mean I guess if it could be figured out it sure would be a nice place to have a, a brand new stadium if that can happen but I think there's a lot of hoops that got to be jumped through before that could be and there's socks saying that would that, nothing would be even open until 2025 so
0: well 1.1 billion little issues there quite frankly if it involves public money.
2: Yeah, and we we don't have we don't have you know like Lo- Long Beach. Uh, it, it was, so they, I guess they're talking about raising the tax rates, but uh, you know I don't know how much financing. It's interesting in these days, you know. I, I and you might have you might have uh, more of an imp- opinion on that. I just laugh at how how um, L.A. City Council was so obstinate with the with the Rams for so long. The Rams and the Raiders, or the Rams and the Chargers, and then they end up building a brand new stadium, completely financed by the owner, and they're called the LA Rams, but they're not located in LA. They're they're over in uh, where they at? Inglewood, Inglewood. Thank you. Yeah. So I mean, it, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't know, I, I don't know, I don't know the financing. It just seems like they lost out on a lot of opportunities. Uh, the city of LA with the Rams and the Chargers. And now located in Inglewood.
0: Well, there's, that's a little bit of a different situation. With the Rams, you had Farmers Field as a potential. A lot of people had tired with that. But all that was going to be, that was never going to be owned and run by the owner. So with Stan Kroenke, the owner of the Rams, the situation with him was he, f- he found a spot where he could not only own the land, but also develop it more than just a stadium. And that was a big deal. You weren't going to get that in downtown L.A to be able to develop it. And Hollywood Park out there was always on the NFL's list as a possible candidate for NFL Stadium. It really surprises me the Angels didn't look over there to work with him, quite frankly, but here's the the deal. Since we're talking about the Rams, and you made a good segue with that, the reason why I don't think a move to Long Beach will work is because of one factor that LA fans know very well. Traffic. All right, this is, and this is what I'm talking about. The Rams drew amazingly well for most of their time at the Memorial Coliseum going all the way into the late 70s. There's some contract disputes over the stadium. And before you know it, Carol Rosenblum, Georgia Frontier, they make plans. and They go over to anaheim stadium now angel stadium okay remember all this yes i do sir okay so what the heck happened to the rams fan base when that team moved to anaheim
2: they, they didn't follow
0: they didn't follow so two things happened a the raiders moved down from oakland and moved into the coliseum their old stomping grounds and the rams moved out to anaheim Basically, cutting themselves off from a large portion of the fan base. Well, what do you think will happen when the Angels move to Long Beach? In that traffic, they're going. What's going to happen to all those Angel fans who go to games in Anaheim? Are they going to travel to Long Beach?
2: I, I, I'm going. I'm gonna, My my amount of games I'm going to attend is going to be diminished greatly. Um, yeah, I mean because I'm literally I can get on the freeway in about. Uh, 10 minutes once I leave my house and on the freeway for 20, 20 minutes to uh, Anaheim Stadium and uh, and I'm there. You're, you're, you're walking up to the stadium. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I've always liked, you know, now I'm, I'm changing the subject again. I always kind of wish that the Clippers would have moved down to the pond, uh, to the Anna, Honda Center, excuse me, and, you know, and separate distinguish themselves away. Well, now they are going to because they're, I guess, they're potentially part of this Inglewood project. Well, they are, yeah, Inglewood. In yeah, so I mean, it is nice that they're distinguishing themselves, but you know, like they could have linked up as as been an Orange County basketball team, and um, but they they chose not to, and um, yeah, I, I I think there would be a lot of hurt feelings, a lot of spurned fans if you're because you're uh, if you're if you're going from Anaheim to uh, to Long Beach.
0: Yeah, and the, the only way the Angels can come out of this as winners, in my view, is if. The city of Anaheim totally screws them over. And it could happen, by the way. I mean, it could really happen. Looking at the numbers for Long Beach, the cost of staying was estimated at $900 million as of last October and an additional $105 million to put a parking garage. You also need to rely heavily on existing structures and, of course, shuttling to the ballpark, I think it reaches here as far as 7 miles away, it would, it could potentially force Long Beach to raise taxes like you mentioned, but according to the article here 2016, Long Beach voters approved raising sales tax to 10.25%, which, by the way, is bananas. You already have your income taxes, all the other taxes you pay, state taxes, and here you're paying a sales tax of 10.25%. That is bananas. By the way, the the sales tax rate in Anaheim is seven point seven five percent. So that that's crazy. that we raise these taxes like that. Well, we live in a, I live in a state that
2: we vote to raise our
0: taxes. So I
2: I don't know how crazy that is. Uh, it's crazy to me, and it's crazy to you. I understand. And another
0: another well, thing too. to Arturo Moreno too, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so. Uh, he. Um, uh, Oh, I was just gonna say something, and you meant you brought up Artie Moreno and distracted me. Oh no, it's talking about the, the fans. I mean, you know, you're talking about Long Beach. Long Beach is right there, you know, in the L.A. area. I mean, you're going to pick up your team from Orange County and 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 put them in Long Beach, which is potentially a big mix of Dodger fans. I. Don't, you know, I, it doesn't, it sounds beautiful. Like I said, I'm looking at, you know, ESPN game of the week, you know, flying over uh, the stadium. You can see the ocean in the background and how beautiful that looks. But yeah, I I don't see fan wise feasibility.
0: Well, I look at it this way. I think right now the the fans in Long Beach are probably setting who their team is. And I'm guessing the majority of them are Dodger fans. So, I don't, I don't think you're going to sway many of them into being Angel fans that weren't already Angel fans. But you're going to risk ticking off the fan base that you play in front of in Anaheim by going there. So I think, if anything, right now, it's a leverage play. But you never know because i got to admit, a waterfront ballpark, it's appealing.
2: Yeah, but they're going to have to do a lot of things with traffic. I mean, there's only one freeway that goes down to Long Beach into the downtown area, and it's a 710 freeway, which is a very truck-heavy uh, freeway because there are t- trucks driving down to the ports. And um, and it's, not, it's a narrow freeway, and it runs all the way up to, I believe, pa- uh, Pasadena once it um, – it it goes up very far north, but I mean, it's not a pretty freeway to drive into downtown. I, that I can tell you. Um, and if that's really the only way to go, other than you get off on the four hundred five, and you got to drive several miles to get downtown. Um, so, I, I, the, you know, the Big A is is literally right off of the five, off of the uh, yeah. uh, off of the fifty seven. Um, you got a lot of options to get over there.
0: I'm gonna be honest, man. I I really it's been a while. I have to, I have to head and fess up here. It's been it's 2019, so it's been 15 years since I've been able to make make again to the big guy. I almost made out last year when I came out for Rams fest, and I was gonna try and take a detour, but it was 100 and some degrees that day, and I was done. I was toast. I wish I would have gone too. It was a Dodgers game <laughs> they were playing. I I look at this and I I just think as beautiful as that stadium is, and I still think it's beautiful despite the fact that it's the fourth oldest park in the league. I think if you want to compete in today's age, you really need to get a new one in there. And Anaheim, to me, is uniquely located for that. Like, you were just mentioning all the different ways you can get to the game. So, I'm hoping, what I'm hoping for is the city and Artie Moreno can realize that. Can you tell me, really... Anywhere else in the area that has that's established, you're near Disneyland, you're near, you're somewhat close, you know, to Honda Center and so on, and so oh, forth. You're you're right you're across right.
2: the street from the Honda Center. Yeah, yeah. So you Literally, park in the same parking lot and so, go yeah. one way to the Honda Center, and and there's a train station right there that pulls yeah. up to the uh, to the stadium. It is it is so conveniently located
0: to me with all those factors there. Find a way to build there. Keep the team where you have all the action. We found out over here, as a matter of fact, the, we have our interview with Mike Engel from the Kansas City Baseball Vault here in a little bit, and he actually mentions Kauffman State in Kansas City and how, because Kaufman is not located in town, it's kind of located off to the side, when the team struggles, no one really goes to the games. There's nothing a whole lot to do. So, right now, they're averaging between ten and 15,000 people in the ballpark for games, and that's not going to happen with the Angels based on two factors. A, you have your stars. They have Mike Trout and so on and so forth. But the location is pretty freaking good for a game. Yeah, I think you'd want to keep it there instead of trying to figure out the logistics of Long Beach.
2: Do, do you think any of the negotiating will go back to? Because I was mentioned earlier, not th- this time, these renovations, but uh, several years ago they renovated the um, – the stadium and in, in they were became the Anaheim Angels because they used to be the you know you already know they used to be California and now already changed them back to the Los Angeles Angels changed them to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim and I would think if the city of Anaheim is going to do anything to keep them here I think do you think that that dropping the Los Angeles uh, part would uh, be
0: uh, a deal breaker? Well, here's my question for you: Did the idea of going to Los Angeles Angels was to try and brand the team in Los Angeles. It, but given the, the status of the Dodgers, did it really work?
2: No, no. I cut. I already said, this is a Dodger-Laker Laker town.
0: Okay. Um, so all those things in mind, I think the happy medium here is go back to being the California Angels. I would
2: I would be down with that. I would be down. But now, would the city of Anaheim be down with that,
0: though? I don't know. I don't know. But I can tell you one thing: you don't want to keep changing the team's name over and over and over again. And if I'm also honest, Anaheim Angels—it sounds. It never. I mean, I. If there, if, you're, if there's a good way to ring to it, which ring is the most comfortable for you as a fan? The Los Angeles Angels, the Anaheim Angels, or the California Angels? I'm willing to bet, if especially if you are my age or a little older as a fan, you're you probably favor the California Angels name.
2: Yeah, I like California. I don't. I don't really care for Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim because we already have the Los Angeles Dodgers, and uh, you know I I like separating us from distinguishing us from the from uh, the well, the Los Angeles teams.
0: Well, the, the um, big mistake the Angels made though was they never should have changed their name to the California. That's the case. You should just they they started off as Los Angeles Angels. You just you just should have kept the name as Los Angeles Angels. And then you changed to the California. Then you want to remarket it. So you changed to Anaheim. And they now you're really ooh, crap! I, I it's not what I want. So let's change it to Los Angeles again. By then, listen, your baseball fans in the area are settled. Okay, your goal should be if you want new baseball fans to be Angel fans, then go get involved in the schools more. Get your get, that's how you do it. It's not, your name is not going to draw people in. It's your players visiting these people in at at school and taking part in local neighborhood programs and doing things like that. That's how you catch these kids. And also because you have your star Mike Trout. Those are those things will, will draw the kids in plus winning. So to me, the name alone is meaningless if your team is not actually involved in making great things happen in the community. Well,
2: see, I, I'm, I'm, I've lived here my whole life. And I just assume, since Anaheim is where Disneyland is, that worldwide people know, at least may know, where Anaheim is, I, th- I think it's not like a, a an unknown city name, but I guess that's the reasoning behind the Los Angeles. I know Los Angeles is probably a bigger name city, uh, definitely a bigger name city than Anaheim, but because of the Disneyland factor, I just I don't know. I, I maybe I guess people may not know that Disney, Disneyland is located in Los Angeles in Anaheim. Excuse me, in Anaheim.
0: Well, but the, 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 I'm, I'm I'm not even sure it's the problem. Let me be honest and and folks who are listening, if you're from the Anaheim area. Don't be offended. I don't. I don't mean this in a, any kind of offensive way, but you felt it when I think of the Los Angeles area, the Anaheim area. I always deem L.A. as the primary place, and Anaheim a distant, a distant second, third, whatever it is. Okay, and it's not because I think any less of Anaheim. It's just that Los Angeles is the name, and I think that was Ari Moreno's thinking. It's. And so, to try and force Anaheim to be the name now, you want to establish the name, you just establish it by winning. Here's the real problem with the Angels, in my view, in terms of the name. You come in, and this is Artie Moreno, comes in, buys a the team, They he, he moves in this whole changing the name route, they build a team that for a while was very good, and Big thing that went wrong is the Dodgers got good again, and the Angels fell apart. Now, they're back to where they started 20 years ago, which is being the second team in L.A. They had a chance to take the city then. They really did. They had a chance to be the franchise then, when they won the World Series. They, it's not the Dodgers who've won the most recent World Series in L.A. It's the Angels in the L.A., Orange County area. But This century. Yeah. This century, it's been thirty. Only team that's won won one this century in L. A. So I just look at it and go: If you want the market, you gotta win, and you gotta get in the schools. The name only takes you so far. So if it only takes you so far, go back to being the California Angels. That'll make the city of Anaheim happy. See if that will help you build the stadium up and work on your brand through winning. And getting involved with your youth because those youth are going to want to become the fans later.
2: How about the California Angels of Anaheim?
0: <laughs> no way! I, you know, just just simplify it up. Just simplify it. All right. So <laughs> moving on. I
2: just I just think Anaheim Anaheim is is a little burned by by the fe- when he added I, the last... I In- don't blame
0: them. To I don't blame. Yeah.
2: Them. So I, I, I mean, p too. If, I, if, I'm if just, you're going if you're negotiating with them, I think they might have a say in – they might want to say in something, but I don't well, know. Well,
0: unless Artie pays for his own stadium. Then he can name whatever the heck he wants. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. He
0: okay. can name them Bob's Angels if he wants. I just <laughs> – you know, if that, and that's really how it should be. If you want public help, you better take into consideration what they want, period. And I'm yeah. willing to bet – Anaheim will go further to make things happen than Long Beach will, it, and even if Long Beach will go further, you're going to risk alienating your entire fan base because they're not going to want to drive in traffic all the way down to Long Beach, even if the, even if it's a beautiful ballpark. And I'm sure it will be.
2: I'm sure it will be too, but it'll be more expensive, it'll be more everything about it. The the parking, it's just I mean, yeah. Anaheim Stadium is a beautiful place. I I, 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 I don't think I think if we put a winning product on the field... The stadium doesn't matter.
0: All right, so and there you go. Um, we do want to move on to our interview with the Royals guy, the gentleman by the name of Mike Angle from the Kansas City Baseball Vault. Really nice, really in-depth interview. Gives us a lot of material. Come check it out. Check, you know, he's a, really, really knows his stuff, and was able to give us a full preview of what's going to come to happen here this week with the Royals all right
1: folks i'm here with mike angle from the kc baseball vault mike how you doing man not too bad uh today's game against the rangers notwithstanding um but in general pretty good well yeah i <laughs> and we've had our ups
0: and downs this year as well it's not not fun but let me ask you about these 2019 roles. they started off 2 and 10 they've been a little bit better 13 19 since what's the story with this club right now
1: you know they're they're kind of feast or famine, especially lately. Um, this is something I was looking at just this morning, actually. In their last eleven games, it was the last ten games before this afternoon's game, but the last eleven games, the Royals have scored ten or more runs three times. That's pretty good, but they've also scored one or fewer runs five times. That's not very good. Um, you know they're 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 kind of a team that is banking on five or six hitters who have been productive most of the year and hoping that they'll get a good starting performance from one of their pitchers and hopefully, again, get a good bullpen performance. Um, It's not a lot of consistency, they're kind of retooling everything right now and trying to see who can step up and fill in spots as they try to rebuild. They won't ever use the word rebuild, but that's what they're doing, of course. And so there's a lot of young players who are getting more playing time than before, and there's some growing pains. Um, Starting rotation is a lot of guys who are like number four starters, and there's not a lot of consistency in that. So they had a really rough start. The bullpen was a big part of that. And then that kind of got settled. And lately, the Royals have had a lot of trouble with their starting rotation, especially like that third time through the order. And so they're still trying to figure out like who those guys are who are going to step up in the in the pitching staff and at the bottom of the order. So there are some good positives, but there are a lot of – really frustrating elements to this team and you know i think in general nobody expected them to contend but i think we expected them to be a little bit better than they've been so far this year um but there's some promise you know there's some some hope but there's also a lot of head scratching and frustration too so it's been it's been an up and down season and mostly down frankly Help me understand this a little bit. the The Royals aren't
0: too far removed from a World Series victory, and they nope. had a very young club when they built it up. But now they're in, they're in la- it's taken four years of back in the last place. What happened? Can you explain this to me a little bit?
1: Yeah, so you know when we started our podcast, it was March of twenty eleven. This is forever ago, and you know guys like Eric Hosmer, Salvador Perez, Mike Mustakas, they weren't even in the big leagues yet. Uh, the Royals had, you know, nine of the top 100 overall prospects according to Baseball America. They had just uh, acquired Lorenzo Cain and LCDs Escobar, and guys like Greg Holland and Jordana Ventura weren't even like in the top 100, but they were you know pretty highly regarded. And so the Royals, you know, they they rode that wave of of good young players to a winning record in 2013 and their first kind of hint of a playoff race they fell short but they were in in it you know up to the last two weeks or so uh they won the pennant in 2014 they were within a swing of a world series that year and then they won it in 2015 and then kind of after that you know some of it was just kind of like world series hangover um 2016 they just weren't as good they didn't come out i i don't think it was like the fire was gone but a lot of teams you see that they win the world series in the next year. They're not quite as good. Um, you know, then you saw injuries to Greg Holland, Wade Davis wasn't the, the cyborg that he had been in 2014 and 2015. They ended up trading him for Jorge Soler. And the guys who took over were like Joaquin Soria and Kelvin Herrera. And neither of them were as effective as they had been uh, in previous years. You know, you know, even, even just a couple of years removed from being really, really good for the Royals. And sorry, of course, in his his second time with the Royals. So you kind of ran into a lot of that where, you know, just kind of was hard to sustain it. But at the same time, the Royals from that 2011 period, you know, that the plan was get all these guys into the big leagues. And then there's going to be a second wave and a third wave and a fourth wave, maybe even of prospects to make this a long-term window. And that second wave never really happened. You know, it just never really came about. You know, they drafted Bubba Starling. He still hasn't reached the big leagues. Kyle Zimmer made the big leagues for the first time this year and made three or four appearances before being demoted. Um, And those are top five draft picks that never panned out. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, you know, opportunities that were missed by guys who just, for whatever reason, never really made it. And so, you know, it just never really came back together. Uh, they had a shot, you know, back at the end of July in 2017. They were like a game out from the top wild card spot. And it looked like they were going to do something. They, they traded for Milky Cabrera. They traded for Brandon Maurer and, and uh, Trevor Cahill. And it looked like they're, they're shoring up. They're going to make a run for it. And then they had a really bad August. It took them out. And... You know, then Hosmer and and Kane left as free agents, and they did bring back Mustakas and Escobar, but you know Escobar was never really the same after 2015, and and Moustakas was good, but the rest of the team around him wasn't that effective. So um, it was a pretty quick downfall. You know, they it wasn't even like a blaze of glory; like they just you know blew up. It was like they just kind of faded out. And they're trying to get back to that, but they're still try in that same mode where they're trying to get those young players to come up and become, you know, regulars and, and, and productive players and get them into a winning record again. Um, there's hints of it, but yeah, it was just a lot of different moves that happened, injuries, uh, guys that never panned out. And, you know, when everybody left, there was nobody really in place to you know pick up the flag and and keep going so they they kind of hit some bad luck some bad development and other things and uh they never really got the reinforcements they expected so you win the world series in 2015 you kind of feel like the window stays open and you know it, it it was but you had to squint a little and so they never really got back so here they are they're on pace to lose 100 games again for the second year in a row and it's it's difficult.
0: It's, yeah, it's, it's never fun. I mean, uh, especially when you've just tasted the World Series. Uh, one one follow-up question of that, and, and you know, it could be – it's just a thought that popped in my head here. How much of the downfall of the Royals goes to the fact that they're more of a smaller market team than, say, a Dodgers or Angels or anything like that?
1: I mean, I think that always you can't ignore that just because the finances will always have an impact, especially when you're talking about that disparity of Kansas City's like the third smallest market in in the league um, it gets a lot of support. The ratings on TV are really, really good, but uh, they're just, you know, it's they're drawing like 15,000 fans per game. And it's just not that It just doesn't help. You know, their TV contract's not good. And so when it comes time to, like, to fill in those gaps, like, Bubba Starling doesn't come up. Okay, well, teams like the Dodgers can go out and trade for a big-name guy, and they can make up the contract. Like, it's, you know, if they have to pay a little extra, if it's just a dead contract, and they bring in a better prospect, which they've done that a couple times, where... They'll take on. Uh, I think they took on like Homer Bailey's contract uh, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and th- but they got you know good players along with him as kind of like their incentive to take on that deal. And so the Royals can't do that. So if the Royals go get somebody, that guy has to pan out. And I think it definitely does hurt. I also feel like you know David Glass bought the Royals for like a hundred million dollars in two thousand and. They're valued at like one billion, maybe even more than that. So I mean, yeah, they they could they could definitely throw some money around, but um, you know, they they don't draw as well. Uh, they don't. The stadium's in a weird spot relative to the others. Um, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere outside of Kansas City, so it's not the easiest to get to if they're not worth watching. And so right now, you know. Yeah, they're going to get 10 15,000 a game. They're not going to get much in the gate. So, I do think it's going to have an impact. It's not the only reason. I mean, if they did it once as a small market team and they could do it again, they just need talented players to come through from international signings from the draft. Uh, that's the model they want to go off of and you know, like I said before, if those guys aren't developing 2011 through 2015 they didn't really get much from any of those those draft picks so it puts them in a spot where they have to hope that they sign an aging veteran or some other guy develops and if that doesn't happen they don't really have the financial backing to go out and fill in those spots to to kind of keep it going and so yeah it definitely has an impact Uh, it's not the only reason um, but it's it's definitely significant factor
0: so looking ahead to this series right now, what can we expect from the Royals,
1: and what are their strengths and weaknesses at this point? Well, their strengths are hard to find sometimes, but you know when you really look at their their lineup, they've got about five or six guys right now who are playing pretty well. Guys, you know Alex Gordon, Whit Merrifield, Adalberto Mondesi, Jorge Soler. Hunter Dozier, those guys all have 20 extra base hits already. They're all slugging right around 500, which is rare for the Royals. Uh, That's not something they're usually known for. A lot of those are because they've got speedy guys and uh, triples or extra base hits. Um, So their biggest strengths are speed. Obviously, Whit Merrifield at the top of the lineup, Mondesi right behind him. Hunter Dozer's sneaky fast considering he's like 6'4 and 240. That dude's huge, but he's, he runs really well. Uh, they just brought up Nicky Lopez, who all he's done in his first three big league games is reach base eight times in 14 appearances. So <laughs> that's okay. He's also pretty fast. So they've got their one through six in the lineup can be pretty potent. Um, 7, 8, and 9, uh, not so much. So their biggest strength is really a decent offense with good speed. They're walking more than they ever have since Dayton Moore has been the general manager. They're like almost 9% walk rate, which, God, Dayton Moore's next highest is about 7.5%. Um, and it was 2010. So they're more patient. They're hitting the ball hard. They're hitting it for extra bases. And they have a lot of guys who, when they get on, they can take that first to third, second to home, steal second, steal third kind of thing. And that really helps them produce runs. And then it just kind of comes down to pitching. And pitching has been the biggest weakness. Um, the starting rotation is very hit or miss. Um the three guys you're going to see this in the series are probably their three best, but even even with that Brad Keller's been inconsistent, Jake Junis has been inconsistent, Danny Duffy is really only made four starts. So, but he's got the biggest track record. So, it, it's it's kind of trying to fill in and see who can produce and you have one guy might have a good start in the next, you know, he walks five guys. And it's it's just pretty difficult. The bullpen, there are about three guys that I really trust in there. And everybody else, it's really, really shaky. So, like, Ian Kennedy has been really good out of the bullpen. Scott barlow has been fantastic out of the bullpen. And Jake Diekman's been pretty good out of the bullpen. And everybody else, it's really shaky. So, if the Royals don't go out and score, like, nine runs and just hammer their, their opponent, I'm not, not terribly confident that they'll win. So, in this series in particular, um, I, I don't know. They they've they scored 11 runs t- three games ago. They scored one run the game after. They scored one run today. So, it's tough to tell, frankly. Noticed
0: that. I've noticed that the, the inconsistency, you know, one game of a score run, this game to score run, next game they're going to score 11 runs. And
1: you're like, well, where'd the offense come from? Where's this? Then, then, where'd yeah. go? I, you- just, it go? It's just it just vanishes like nothing and, and they're hitting the ball hard. Like Hunter Dozier last night, I think he had three balls that he hit 109 miles an hour off the bat and they got caught, you know, it was just like it, bad luck. You hit it right at a guy. So as long as they're hitting the ball hard and they're picking uh, good pitches, I think a lot of those guys are going to be okay. But you know, right now if they're hitting a bad stretch you know, there's not much you can do, but their main strength is really those, those top six guys Um, they've got a good balance of power and speed, um, and better patience. So, I mean, they're, they're pretty fun. You know, when those six guys are going, when, you know, it gets to Maldonado and, uh, Billy Hamilton and and Chris Owings coming up in the lineup, well, you can probably take a break that inning, but anybody else, it's, it's pretty fun. But, you know, then it comes down to the pitching, which they've given up like five and a half runs a game. You so, know, that it's really hard to win when you do that. So, Looking
0: at the matchups, though, game one, Keller versus Harvey. Harvey's been mostly a train wreck on our side. Junis versus Canning in game two, Duffy and Skaggs in game three. How do you favor these pitching matches for the series?
1: Uh, well, I mean, Harvey pretty much handled the Royals the last time back in, what, middle of April, I think, the first series. So uh, if he's done that once, yeah, he could do it again. But um, they've done all right against righties, so that's probably their best opportunity to win. Brad Keller's walked a lot of guys, but he's also been really good at preventing hits. He gets a ton of ground balls, and that kind of limits the damage that teams can do. Um, but he's walking like five and a half per nine innings, which is, he was at about three per nine innings last year. So it's significant jump in that regard. So if he's on the Royals have a really good chance of winning. Um, if they're going to be facing canning, the Royals generally have not ever done well against pitchers they're seeing for the first time. So I would probably give him the edge, um, just because that's kind of how it goes. And then uh, Tyler Skaggs, uh, he'll probably throw a no hitter because the Royals cannot hit that guy. Um, we looked it up. One of a uh, guy I uh, interact with a lot. He's he's a big big uh, Royals prospects guy. He lives right in Omaha, where the Royals AAA affiliate is. Uh, his name's Clint Scholes. Um Follow him on Twitter if you like prospect discussion and stuff. Um, but he looked uh, looked it up and went back and. In Skaggs' entire professional career against Royals teams, and that's from A-ball to today, he's given up one earned run in 43 innings. (laughs) And that was last year. That was last June. He gave up one run. There was a leadoff double and a base hit in the fourth inning. That's the only run he's given up against the Royals. Ever. (laughs) So, he's probably going to go about nine and strike out about 15. He's been so shaky this year, up and down, up and down, up and down. You never
0: know what you're going to get with him. He's had some injury problems. We're just kind of waiting for him to figure it out. He has too much talent
1: for a 5.05 ERA. I mean, yeah, he's I, he's good. I mean, when I watch him, it's like he looks unhittable, and that some of that maybe is the Royals just don't have a report on him. But I mean, you know, you hit the corners, you know, with a good breaking ball, I and mean, that's universal. It doesn't matter what the scouting report is. That looks impressive. So. Yeah, he's been he's been really really tough on the Royals so I can't imagine they come away with that game but you know you can't predict ball, so that's probably another game they score 12 runs for some reason just because that's kind of what they've done all year is they look like they're not gonna do anything and then they go score 9 10 11 runs so, really weird team
0: overall right now what are you seeing are you seeing this at well go ahead and make the call who was the series two out of three one out of three how, how do you call it
1: I mean, I think the Royals might have a good shot in that first game. And, uh, you know, I think they probably only get one game. Uh, like I said, they're really so inconsistent that even if they do have a lead in a particular game, they still have to hold that lead. And that has not been something that's worked really well. That that 2-10 and 10 stretch that they went through at the start of the year, probably three or four of those games, maybe even five, were games that they lost by a run or they had a lead in after the seventh inning and they just fell apart. And, you know, that they were trying to close with Willie Peralta and Brad Boxberger and um, those guys just haven't been effective. And, you know, hopefully maybe they're figuring out that Ian Kennedy, Richard Lovelady, Scott Barlow, Jake Diekman, those are the guys to kind of, you know, bridge that gap to get, you know, from the sixth inning to shaking hands at the end. But I, you know, it's hard for me to really like predict the Royals to predict or to take any series just because they're just so weird. They're so uh, just inconsistent. That's the thing that just keeps coming up. They, they, they could score 10 runs or one run on any given night. And, you know, they're probably going to give up at least four. Uh, So it's tough. I don't. I don't know, but I, I think the Angels are probably pretty safe. Um, you know, the, Skaggs is kind of the ace in the hole. He's gonna, like I said, if you're on playing uh, daily fantasy, you can probably put him in there, and he's gonna get you some points. Um, don't don't at me on Twitter if you <laughs> if you do that and he fails. Um, <laughs> but that's the trend. I mean, that's kind of what he's done. So I think the Angels have it. They're they're pretty comfortable. So that's right. what I would go with. Yeah, and, and one last question here. I know getting you talking
0: for a while here. <laughs> um, no, Ken Rosenthal this week, I think it was Ken Rosenthal in the Athletic wrote that internal Royals are still looking at a run for the second wild card spot.
1: Given their place in the standings, what you've seen is that really realistic for them? No, I mean I don't I don't doubt Rosenthal's reporting at all because he's the best in the game. But boy, the Royals are. They've got a lot of problems. Now, the way it would have to happen, uh, Brad Keller was really, really good last year. Danny Duffy has shown really good flashes at different times. Jacob Junis has been really good in stretches. Like after July through the end of the year last year, he was really effective. Um, If those three could do something, then yeah, maybe, you know, the bullpen browns out and get some stability in there. You get some more production from Martine Maldonado and Billy Hamilton at the bottom of the order. Um, the other guys who are hitting continue. Sure, you could do it. But the most likely thing is that they continue to have some issues with the pitching. Nothing ever really comes together. They don't have a whole lot of guys in the minors who would come up to kind of give them that boost. Um, Zimmer, if he got it together, would be a guy, Josh Stalmont is uh, a live arm. He, you know, hits about a hundred, but he walks about six per nine innings. So there's not a lot that they could use as like reinforcements. So the guys that they have are kind of who they have. And, you know, it's just, it's just not a team that looks like they're going to make up where they, you know, where they need to get to. Like if they were 500 right now, maybe I'd still feel really iffy, but they're, you know, Fourteen games under five hundred, and uh, I think getting into seventy wins is maybe a stretch at this stage. So, I think the Royals maybe believe that, but I think more so they they, they like to really say things and be a little disingenuous. Like they they have to like they didn't go out and acquire anybody the last two offseasons, Really, they took opportunities where it came up, but they didn't really go through and and put together anybody as far as like what it team that thinks they can contend would go do they didn't invest much and so they're at a point where you know realistically they have to know where they're at um you know if they win 15 out of the next 20 games okay maybe that's a different thing but i can't imagine they're going to get to that point uh, to even sniff the wild card in any way so um it's just unfortunate but you know in a couple years i think some things will round out all right, Mike, tell people where they can find you and find your podcast. All right, well, you can find us at uh, – I, I would just go to Twitter, Kansas City or KC Baseball Vault on Twitter. Um, it's the best way to find us. We always post our new shows. Uh, you can also find us on uh, uh, Baseball Prospectus uh, under their podcast page. We should be under there. Uh, you can also search for us on iTunes. Or Stitcher or on Spreaker.com uh, Just look for Kansas City Baseball Vault And we should be God, I hope we're the top result <laughs> If not, there's a problem So uh, We do a weekly show about the Royals So um, Yeah, it's a lot of fun Alright,
0: man Well, good luck on the rest of your season I, uh, I don't I don't remember off the top of my head If the Angels and the Royals play against the the year
1: This should be it we it already had the up. one in Kansas City, and then they'll uh, go out west. So we got our West Coast baseball snacks all lined up So for those late games. Yeah, our late side.
0: nights. Get the beer yeah. ready. Yep. Get the snacks ready. And, you know, if it gets, if it gets really bad, get the hard liquor out. Yeah, go.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. We're a, little,
1: we're a little numb. We're not that numb
0: yet. So. <laughs> not numb enough. All right. Mike, thanks so much for coming to the show. Really appreciate it, and I do hope to talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. All right, John You make the call How's the series break down?
2: Oh, Kansas City? Yep
0: Make the call I'll go two two of three All right, I'm going the same way Two of three What I'm hoping to see, though Is uh, as I'm hoping to see the pitching wake up We're going to see Matt Harvey pitch this weekend We're going (laughs) to see We're going to see Canning pitch There we we go Fingers crossed. Folks, it is time for us to hit the bricks. It's time for us to roll on out of here. Don't follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos. You can also search for our page on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at DC Paul and John. John Crane. At Jags Crane. John. That's J E G S C R A N E A I, I <laughs> N E. I had another moment there don't forget to speak we're on itunes we're on spotify we're also watching and we are spreading like a virus all over the internet and getting this podcast out there again if you want to talk to us get you know get in with where we are right now get some feedback ask some questions email us at talking halos t-a-l-k-i-n halos at gmail.com you can also leave us a voicemail 657-666-5453 all right so it's time to get out of here For John, this is Derek C. Apollo saying, Have a great one. We'll be back with you guys. That's right. Tomorrow. Straight up. Have a good one. I'll be there.